parable of the ten virgins. Who knows there's some things in the Bible that you look at and you go, righto, yep, good. What, what on earth were you saying there, God? Like, or, you know, it's like interesting story. Yes, good. But we're going to um, unpack this today. So um, if you have a Bible, a Bible is a good thing to bring to church. Some of you have got your electronic versions. I've got my very um, loved Bible. (laughs) I've requested a new one for Christmas. (laughs) So we're turning to Matthew 25 this morning. We're going to read this parable out and then chat it through. So Matthew 25 verse 1, it says, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Hmm, interesting story. <laughs> so Jesus told this story in the time to, to the people gathered around him. And basically in the, in the culture and the time of Jesus, the bridegroom, what would happen is that there were sort of three stages of, of the wedding and the engagement. So there was sort of the betrothal and then there was the engagement and then the bridegroom would come back approximately a year after the engagement at an unknown time. How weird is that, right? Imagine you get engaged and then your fiancé goes off and they're going to come back at an unknown time. Brielle and Jordan have just gotten married. Imagine that, Brielle. Jordan proposes to you and then disappears and then he comes back approximately a year later, but you're not really sure when and he just rocks up like, here we are, ready to get married. It's a bit crazy, isn't it? But that's how it was back in the time of Jesus' days. And the 10 virgins, so 10 was a typical number of attendants for the bride. So the 10 virgins were the attendants of the bride that was getting married. Um, And they were waiting for the bridegroom to come because what would happen is at this moment when the bridegroom would arrive, there would be a procession. So they would all form this big procession together into the wedding banquet Um, And so the ten virgins or the attendants, they would join the bride and they would walk in in this procession with the bridegroom, but only those with lamps would actually be able to join the procession. So if you didn't have a lamp, a light, it was considered that you weren't actually able to be part of that procession. Interesting, right? Yeah. So let's unpack it a bit. This story is referring to Jesus as the bridegroom that we believe as, as a church, we believe that Jesus came, that he, he lived life on this earth, that he lived a sinless life. He showed us how to live. 
And then he died for us in our place. He died on the cross, the most cruel and torturous and awful death that anyone could ever die. He died and he took all of our sin and all of our shame upon himself. And he is now at the right hand, seated with the Father in heaven, but he is coming back. He is coming back for his church. And Jesus has left us here on the earth, on mission. He's given us all authority, all dominion, and he said to us to go and make disciples, to build the church in partnership with him. And he is coming back to claim his church, which is his bride. So Jesus is the bridegroom that is coming back at an unexpected time. We don't know when. We don't know when Jesus is coming. You know, people have been saying for a long, long, long time that it's the last days, it's the last days, and and we need to be ready. That's what this this passage is saying, that, that that we need to be ready for that unexpected moment when the bridegroom, when Jesus returns. And so the story is speaking to a few different audiences. It speaks to the audience of the day the ones that Jesus would have been directly speaking to in person. Um, They had an opportunity. So Jesus was right there in the flesh, like right, you know, they could touch him. They they, They could actually have a conversation, speak to his face, like he was there in the flesh. So the audience of the day, they had an opportunity to see Jesus as their Messiah, to yield their life to him and act in faith, or they could continue to ignore the signs and miss their opportunity, which many did, and they ended up crucifying him. You know, in some ways, it's actually the same message to us today, isn't it? You know, do we recognize Jesus for who he truly is? Or do we just miss the signs that there's a God and that he loves us and that he created us and that this world, this whole world speaks of the living God? This whole world speaks of him. Do we recognize him as who he truly is? And have we yielded our lives to him? Or do we just continue to miss all the signs around us and miss our opportunity for relationship with him? So it speaks to that audience. It also speaks to an eternal audience. It's a warning to us. This story is a warning to us that Jesus is coming back. And will we be ready? We don't know the hour, we don't know the time, but if we live a life that desires to know Jesus and to pursue him and is in a life in relationship with him, then his return, when he comes back, it won't be a day of sorrow and regret. It'll be a day of joy when we get to join Jesus because we've been living for him and we're in relationship with him. So we need to be ready. And it also speaks to us in the here and now. It says to live ready now. Not just living for that day when Jesus comes back, but living ready now, every single day. Not just living for the future, but for today. Because church, every day we can do the will of God. Empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit. Full of oil and fire for Him. This isn't to say that we won't get it wrong. It's not to say that life's going to be perfect if we're living for God. I'm pretty sure most of us have realized that now. (laughs) If anyone has a perfect life, I'd love to chat with you, find out how. (laughs) Um, You know, it's not to say that we won't get physically tired, bless you, but that we are able to respond to the daily opportunities that God presents to us when we live ready. Are we living ready? 
Are we living ready every day, ready for any opportunity God presents, ready for any person God puts in our path, ready for anything we need to respond to, ready to, um, you know, pray for someone, ready to step out in faith and do something crazy and bold for God? Are we living ready or are we just living tired, worn out, burnt out? Are we living ready? So, I want to show you a picture. If we could please have the picture. Benjamin, thank you. So, this is sort of um, like a lamp from back in the day, back in Jesus' time. They probably would have been a little bit different, maybe easier to carry. But I like this one because it depicts what we're trying to talk about a little bit today. So, see here we have the wick, okay? Everyone see the wick? It goes all the way down into the oil and then... It's a light there. Can you see that? What is the wick soaking in? Oh, you guys are good. (laughs) In the oil. The wick was saturated in the oil. And as long as the wick remained soaked in the oil, it wasn't actually the wick that was burning. It was the oil burning. As long as the wick was soaked and saturated in the oil... The wick wasn't burning, it was the oil burning. But as soon as that wick got dry and the oil ran out, the wick would actually start to burn and disappear very quickly. You know, we are just like that wick. (laughs) We are just like that wick. And the, the Holy Spirit is the oil that we need our lives to be soaked in and saturated in. So that we are not burning, it's him burning, it's him. He is the fuel, he is the fuel that keeps us alight. But you know what, too often what we do is we live dry. We're like those five virgins that let the oil run dry. And and we let our lives run dry. And all of a sudden, it's us burning. It's us burning. And we start to get weary and we start to get tired and worn out. And I need to stop doing everything. I can't even see people anymore. I just need to withdraw from everything. And we start to burn out. But I honestly believe that burnout is not from God. It's not from God and it's not His intention. And I truly believe we can live a life where we do not burn out. So I want to ask you today, is your life, imagine yourself as that wick. Maybe we can just leave that picture up, please, Benjamin. Imagine yourself as that wick. Are you soaked in oil this morning? Or are you a little bit dry? Are you a little bit dry? You know, the Holy Spirit is God's incredible gift to us. Like the Holy Spirit is God, but He is, the, he is God's gift to us on earth right now. The Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, we are saved, we are filled, we are sealed in God's purpose and promise. We are sanctified, which means every day we grow more and more like Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals God's thoughts. He teaches. He guides us into all truth. Gives us knowledge. 
The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses and intercedes for us. We cannot live without the power of the Holy Spirit, the oil of the Holy Spirit. And yet we do. We do. We live our lives without His oil. You know, religious um, thinking and conservatism is like a commitment to traditional values and ideas with opposition to change and innovation. And I think sometimes as a church, we can slip too much into that place where it's like, oh, this is the way we do it. This is how it's done. No, this is my routine. This is my thing. This is the way that life should be. You know, we we slip into that sort of traditional place, don't we? Traditional ideas. We get our we get set in our ways. We get we get a little bit conservative. Like I was saying to some of the guys last night over at our house, and you know, I was saying like that I can't believe the the way that we can go wild at a sporting match and go crazy for our team, or we can dance in the car to the music that we're listening to, bop around, woo, you know, whatever. Or we can like dance around the house, or we can we can kind of like be silly and laugh and have a good time with our friends, but it's like as soon as we walk through that church door, oh, I am holy. I cannot smile, sorry. <laughs> we... No one here, of course. But, you know, I, I just think, like, it's time to break off conservatism. It's time to break off religiosity. It's time to, you know, those doors, they're not, like, they're not a sign for you to be all holy and pretend that you've got it all together and you've got it all right and that, you know, you've got to just stand in a certain position and, you know, maybe clap or, you know, I can only lift my hands this high. But let's break free. Let's break free. Let's, let's. I mean, flipping heck, the, the, the worship team this morning, they're like, you know, trying their hardest to, to bring some freedom and so joy. Charlotte, she was like doing a full on, you know, crazy dance back there. <laughs> Love it. We should get the African thing happening up on that stage. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit brings freedom. So if you're feeling a little bit bound up, a little bit conservative, a little bit religious, a little bit like, oh, I can't, oh, I can't, oh, it's just my personality. I'm just a shy person. I'm a reserved person. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is no respecter of personalities. The Holy Spirit, when He comes upon you, you can't hold yourself back. You can't, can, you can't contain what He will do in your life. It says over and over and over again in Acts that when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were filled with boldness and the place where they were was standing was shaken and there was just this power and there was authority and boldness and confidence that came upon them. And they went out and did incredible things for God because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So... How are you today? Like, how are you really? Don't give me your fake church answer. <laughs> how are you really? Are you soaked? Are you saturated? Are you full today? Ha, <laughs> Gordon is. And the thing is, church, we actually, it's a daily thing. It's daily, topping up the oil daily daily. The, the five virgins that were prepared, they took the oil with them. Take the Holy Spirit with you. When you wake up in the morning, good morning, Holy Spirit. 
I welcome you into my day. If you don't have time in the morning to sit and read some Bible and spend some time in His presence, then that's okay. But when you jump in the car or the train or whatever you're doing, put some worship music in your, in your headphones or put some worship music in your car. Pump the presence of God into your life. Listen to the Bible on audio. Like just let it play. And so you're listening to it. Read the Bible on your train, on the train. You know, podcasts are fantastic and I encourage them. And obviously I think if you miss any podcasts from church, like miss messages, get the podcast because, you know, we're... we're doing this together and, and there's a theme and we, we carry along and so it's good to catch up on the messages that, that we preach here but honestly there's nothing that can replace you reading the Word of God and getting it into you. His presence. His presence. You know they didn't have matches in those times. Praise the Lord for whoever invented matches. And even more so for those people that invented that flicky torch thing, you know, we, <laughs> the lighter, yeah, that thing. <laughs> so back then they would have to rub two sticks together or two stones to make a spark. Can you imagine it? How frustrating. <laughs> so people would keep their lamps burning because there was plenty of oil and it was easier to keep the lamp burning with the oil than to try and relight the flame. How true is it for us too, right? In all honesty, it is easier, church, for us to keep the oil of the Holy Spirit flowing into our lives. He is available for us at any moment, at any moment, at any moment. He is available for you. It is easier to keep the oil flowing and the flame alight because once it goes away, once it goes out, if we wander away from Jesus or if the stuff of life steals our fire, snuffs out that flame. It's much harder to relight the flame again. When the flame of our hearts has gone out, it's much harder to relight that flame again. Not impossible, but harder. It's easier. It's easier. It's easier. Everyone say, it's easier. It's easier to keep the oil flowing and keep the flame alight. Oh, why don't you just close your eyes for a minute? Can you sense his presence? You know, you don't need Sarah to come and play the keyboard for you at your house, even though that would be amazing. You can just put some worship music on. There is so much worship music available on Spotify now. There's no excuse anymore. Just put that worship music on and sit. Sit in His presence. Let His love will show you.
just soak him, soak him in, soak him in. Oh, we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord, to keep on burning, to keep our fire alive. We need you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Mm. When we are dry and weary, we can soak in your presence. We can saturate ourselves with you and start to burn bright. For your presence, your presence, your presence is what we need. Refreshing, restoring, renewing. verse 3 of that story. It says, The foolish ones took their lamps, but they did not take any oil with them. How many of us will start our journey for Jesus? So full of faith, so full of fire, so full of expectation. But we forget to take the oil of the Holy Spirit with us. We forget to soak in His presence each day. We forget to spend time with Him. Every day we forget. We need to regularly top up the supply of oil, top up His presence by spending time with Him so that we don't burn out. Corrie ten Boom once said that if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Hmm. Conviction. (laughs) And her logic is quite sound really, isn't it? Both sin and busyness have the exact same effect. They cut off our connection to God, to other people, and even to our own soul. You know, practically, I think what we need to do, church, in this day and age is we need to look at our priorities. We need, I, I, I'm actually, I've got this thing in me at the moment, and I am not there, trust me. I'm like learning this as much as the next person and, and working on this. But, you know, I feel like in this society, in this generation, we have our priorities so mixed up, so messed up. We overschedule our lives to the max. Like, it's ridiculous how much we overschedule our lives. And often the first thing to go, because we're too busy, is the house of God, is meeting together with believers, which Jesus said, like it says in the Bible, do not neglect meeting together. Do not neglect coming into the house of God. We get so busy as a family and so we're off doing something on a Sunday and it's like, guys, bring your kids to church. Bring them up in the house of God, you know. Our priorities are so messed up. We start to feel tired and weary because we're so busy. And so we think we need to withdraw from this and withdraw from people and withdraw from serving. And, you know, I just think, like, let's reassess our priorities. Let's go, God. And honestly, it's not something that there's a a blanket rule for everyone. I think it's you before God. God, examine my heart. Examine my life. What does my life look like right now? What, What are the priorities, God, that you want me to have in my life right now? What does that look like right now, God? Because you're the one that has to give an account for your life. 
before God one day. Like Pastor Mark Sawney preached so brilliantly on it last week. The standing before God and saying, what did I do with my time? What did I do with my abilities? What did I do with the, the things that God gave me, the people God gave me? We have to give an account to God. And so are we messing our priorities up? You know, um, I heard a story this week. The person shall remain nameless, but a beautiful person from this church <laughs> uh, was told me they were in the bushes on the side of the road searching for their husband's wallet because they had an app that said that's where the wallet should be because it was lost. And anyway, searching for this wallet and then found out later, got a message from their mum later on saying um, actually the wallet was found at their mum's house like kilometres away between the couch cushions. (laughs) And I had a laugh, but I thought, wow, that's kind of like us. We're searching in all the wrong places. We're trying to get restored and refreshed by watching some more Netflix. Or we're trying to feel better and feel less stressed by pulling out of teams or stopping coming to church. None of you because you're all here today. Well done. But you know, and I know there's seasons for things. There's seasons where we have to step down or pull back. And I'm not trying to judge or condemn today. I just think let's look at God. Are my priorities in order? And, And am I searching in the wrong place for the rest that I need? Because actually, the rest that I need is in Him, soaking in Him. It's incredible how much you can do when you are full of the presence of God. It's incredible how much you can carry the capacity that you have when you are full of the Holy Spirit and His presence. Jesus, oh my goodness, the perfect example he, he is in communion with the Father, and then he went out and ministered out of that. He didn't just sit back and go, well, me and the Father, we're just communing all day today. And just sit, wait for Jesus to return. Oh, he was Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and wait for someone else to die on the cross. That was a really bad illustration, but anyway. Jesus ministered. He worked. He did the work. You know, we gotta, we got to understand, church, that we are to rest in the finished work of God. It is done. Everyone say, it is done. But if you look at the word done, there's a little word do within the word done, which means we're still going to do the work, but we do the work from a position of it is done. So we do the work, we, we minister, we, we do the work of Jesus, we go and make disciples and we love people and we show kindness and we go throughout our day living prepared and we do it from a position of rest because we're full of Him, we're full of His presence, we've spent time with Him, we've saturated ourselves in Him, we've soaked in Him. Don't leave the house without Him, put His presence, His worship, put it on saturate your life with it stop 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 just stop just sit and just think about him and then all the thoughts creep in of everything else that you need to do but just say no I'm thinking about how good God is right now I'm thinking about him 
get a verse, get a scripture, start to speak that scripture out loud. Like I said, church, I'm on this journey too. (laughs) I haven't made it. I'm preaching from a position of a student. (laughs) Acknowledge him. Verse 5 says, The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. My heart is that as a church, we would not fall asleep. It's time to wake up. 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 The church should be the most alive, active, free, happening place on a Sunday morning, and then the most busy, from a position of rest, play people during the week. Actively working like busy bumblebees for Jesus. Sweet honey, producing sweet honey for Jesus. Verse 7 says, Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. You know, lamp care says it's important to trim off the burnt and charred tips of the wick. And I think sometimes we need to wake up and realize, Oh, I've got a little bit of burnt, charred bits that I need to just trim off of my life. There's some hurting parts. There's a little bit of damage done by life. Because the truth is, you know, the flame, you can see the flame. It's not burning the wick, but the ends of it do get charred. And and if you don't trim it, what actually happens is that it produces really smoky flame. And, you know, it's just not nice. It can actually be a bit smelly and produces lots and lots of smoke. and, um, And, you know, it can actually cause the wick to burn faster. And I think sometimes we need to look at our lives and go, okay, is there something in my life that's left some burnt bits, some charred bits? Am I producing a bit of ugly smoke because of the situations of life? Do I need to trim some of that off? Trim off the edges. What is burnt and smelly in my life that I need to trim off, that I need to give to God, that I need to let go of? Hurts, offences, attitudes opinions. I read a thing on the Mulgoa Community School Notice Board today. The world is not changed by our, no, the world is changed by our example, not by our opinions. (laughs) I was like, amen. I love that school notice board. (laughs) You know, if I'm honest, the last five months for Tim and I have been a form of hell. Um, (laughs) We have felt like the enemy has had a battering ram against us. You know, those old school battering rams where they would just go, boom, again and again until that thing fell down and it has felt like the enemy has had a battering ram out against us blow after blow after blow and the only thing that has kept me standing here still doing this still loving Jesus is the oil of the Holy Spirit it's those moments and you know also realizing that okay Jodie there's some charred bits that you need to trim off. There's some, there's some burnt bits because it hurts. It's personal, these attacks. They hurt. We might be your pastors, but we still hurt. We still bleed. And so I've had to go, okay, God, what do I need to trim off? What, what has affected me here that I just need to trim off, give to you? Because I don't want to have smelly smoke. <laughs> I don't want to be burning I want you to be the fuel of my life. So what is it for you today? What, what in your life needs to be trimmed? You know, 
bit of a tidy up, <laughs> bit of a, just a, God, yeah, I'm going to give this to you. And how do we do it? It's coming into his presence again and again and again. How do we forgive? The oil of the Holy Spirit. You know, forgiveness is hard. It's not an easy thing. But it's the Holy Spirit helping us, flowing through us. It's his presence, his presence, his presence. Can we just put that picture up again, please, Benjamin? I just think it's so powerful. Just a powerful picture of us in God, in Christ, soaked in him, saturated in him. Life happens. <laughs> Stuff happens. We all get a little bit burnt. We all get a little bit charred. But, you know, as we come to him, he helps us trim off those burnt bits, those charred bits, and he saturates us again in his presence. He fills us again with the oil of joy, with freedom, his presence, his power. just close our eyes. Living ready, living prepared is all about living in Him, in relationship with Him. of God is here. He loves you so much. You know, God is so good that he didn't create us as robots, but he gave us a free choice. He, he could have created us as robots that had to love him, that had to come in to spend time with him that had to live a certain way. But instead, He created us with a free will so that we could choose relationship with Him, so that we could choose to be saturated in His presence, so that we could choose to come and spend time with Him. And I don't know if, if maybe you've got kids, maybe you don't, but as a parent, there's something so cool about when, you know, you, I know for Tim, like you'll come home from a busy day at work and Frankie will come running up to him and she just wants her papa. She just wants to spend time with him. And maybe you've seen it in other families like that. And, you know, it's, it's incredible. And that's how God, the Father heart of God feels about us when we make the decision to come and spend time with Him, to run into His arms. He, he's so excited. It makes His heart so happy and so full. And He will always respond in love. He is so full of love for you. And this morning, I want to ask if there's anybody here today who would say, I am not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. But today, I want to give my heart to Jesus. 
I need to give my life to Jesus. My life is a mess. I've been trying to do it in my own strength. I am like that dry wick that is just burning. And today I acknowledge that I need Jesus to come into my life. I need God to help me fix up this mess. I need God to to restore, to renew. I'm feeling burnt out, tired, weary, dry. And today I need God to come into my life. If that's you today, I would love you just to give me a little wave. There's um, just to show me and say, yep, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I need Jesus in my life today. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Well, maybe today you once knew God. You were in relationship with Him. But if you're honest, your heart has drifted away. You are so dry right now and you need to come back to Him. If that's you, just lift your hand in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. I see the hand. Don't be shy in this place. Don't walk out of this place today without saying yes to Jesus. He can turn your life around in an instant. He can. He is everything that you need. It doesn't mean life is going to be perfect and easy, but He's got you. You can walk with Him. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we're just going to take a few moments. We've got plenty of time this morning to soak to just spend some time with Jesus. And this morning, you know, I think the worst thing we could do is to say, nah, you know, I'm all good. Like, I've got this. (laughs) I know we laugh because it's actually silly to do that. God is here for us today. And today, I don't know where you're at. God knows where you're at. Maybe you're dry today. You just need the refreshing presence of the Holy Spirit. We're going to stand and we're going to worship. Maybe today you put up your hand in that response. I want you to come forward. Maybe today you're feeling like there's some burnt edges, there's some charred edges, and you just need to give them to God today. I want you to respond today. I want, as a church, let's let's not hold back. Let's not sit back in our seats and be spectators, but let's move forward toward God. God has moved toward you by sending Jesus. So this morning, get out of your seat and move forward toward Him. Come down the front. There's going to be a team praying, and we're just going to saturate ourselves and soak ourselves in the presence of God this morning. Why don't you stand with us this morning, church? And I don't want you to be shy today. I want you to come forward as we worship. Let's pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. a beautiful sense of God's presence here. Why don't you come forward this morning? Just stand in His presence. Sit in His presence. Allow His
his presence just to wash over you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's our prayer today, that you would fall afresh on us.
mums out there in that parents' lounge. I don't know if they can hear me or not. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence touching those mums, touching those children. Thank you, Jesus. The power of your presence, the power of your presence, the power of your presence. Dot and Mick, I want you guys to come. I want to pray for you. You know what? The best season this year was when you were coming to those prayer meetings in that 21 days of prayer. You were alive. There was something in you that was alive. And I know it's life. It's stuff of life that wants to bring that candle wick and put us out. But I feel like God wants to stir something afresh in you today. Relight that fire today. Rest in Him today. Rest in Him. Rest in Him. Stop trying to do it all yourself. Don't lean on your own understanding. Rest in Him. Live in His presence. Just lift your hands just for a moment. Just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Why don't we all just lift our hands in this moment, just as the team play. The presence of God is in this place. Just take a deep breath in of His presence. We've got to get good at learning how to receive. Learning how to soak. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, relight the fire, relight the fire. Relight the flame of love for you, Lord. Mm, there is unspeakable joy in your presence, Lord. Unspeakable joy, unspeakable joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Oh, fill us, fill us, Lord. Mm. Oh, you saturate ourselves in you, Lord. Come alive, come alive. Oh, breathe oxygen onto that fire, Lord. Breathe oxygen onto that fire, Lord. There is so much more within you, so much more within you. Jesus, Jesus, take them to the secret place. Take them to that secret place. Take them to that secret place. Your presence, your presence, unspeakable joy, unspeakable joy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, I thank you for what you've done in our hearts in this place this morning. 
Lord, let us not walk out of here and just go on with the busyness of life. But God, let us walk out of here and remember every day to soak in you, to acknowledge you, to continue to build relationship with you, to live in you, God, so that it's not us burning, but you are the fuel. You are the fuel for our lives. You are the fuel for our lives. You are the fuel for our lives. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence, that we can step into your presence at any moment of any day. Help us, God. Teach us to cultivate the presence of God in our lives. Teach us, God, to stop and spend time with you. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love your presence. We love you. And I thank you, God, that as we live this way, it will flow out into others. You will flow out of us into others. That's how we change the world. That's how we change our world. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. What a message. Yeah, why don't you give Jody a hand? Love it. Feel so refreshed. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I was thinking about that message and the, the oil, you know, to, to keep that, filling it with oil, because obviously that oil will come down. And like Jody said, we need to keep filling it. And uh, I was going to put this challenge to, to my um, connect group, but I feel to put it to the church. And, uh, you know, I, I love the Word of God. And I just, I read my physical Bible and I read it on my phone. And uh, I'm, I'm reading the whole Bible again, um, you know, and every time I read it again, I get so much out of it. And I, I want to put it out there. Like I'm reading one from uh, Nikki Gumbel. It's a Bible plan on your, on your Bible app. And uh, it's the Bible in a year. But I don't want you to get tied up with the whole in a year thing because it is a lot of reading every day. But like it, it gives you a good plan and it gives you a good devotional. Like he, he runs um, Alpha, the Alpha course. And I want to challenge you to, to open that app or open your Bible every day and just read parts of the Bible. Just go through that plan. And don't worry if, if you miss a day. The good thing is on the app, you can say, catch me up, and then it brings you back up. But I want to challenge you to read the whole Bible and go through that plan. And, you know, I'm, I'm believing God is going to speak to you. God is going to fill that oil, keep that candle burning. You know, there's so much in that Bible. Every time I read it, it just jumps out at me. So that's my challenge. I'll be back in a year. But, uh, or two, if it takes you two years, whatever it takes. But it, whatever it takes just to open that Bible and just, you know, reading good plan. He's got amazing devotional about, like, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in the start of the Bible, Genesis and Matthew. I just can't get out of those books. But do it. You're going to do it, church? <laughs> no pressure. But um, straight after this service, as we close, uh, 11.45, we have our next step pathway. Uh, which happens every week. And uh, today it's uh, next step uh, three, discover you. Um, so it doesn't matter if you haven't done any next step. There's four. There's, we do them every week. So if you haven't done any, you're welcome to join. It'll be in one of our, in our primary room out the back. 
And it's about discovering uh, the gifts that God has given us. He's given all different gifts to each and one of us. And, and this really helps us to um, discover about ourselves. And I love that. And then how we can, how God can use us in the life of church and, and in, in, our, in our own lives as well. That would be amazing. So 11.45, if, if you haven't done next step three. And uh, also, if you filled out a connection card and you didn't get to put it in the, um, in the offering container, please uh, bring it to the uh, coffee station at the back. Come and grab a coffee. Um, and uh, have a great week.